Welcome to The Flute and I. Join me, Ashling Agnew, as we explore the unique world of the flute in Northern Ireland. World-renowned players, teachers and makers from a wide variety of musical backgrounds share their experiences and expertise. This episode features the flute and pipe maker Aaron O'Hagan. wanted to ask you about how you got started in making instruments like what led you to become a maker and what inspired you to to start out that's yeah that's a good one um so i suppose my interest in making was i was always kind of interested in doing things with my hands and then whenever i got uh, started on playing music i started off in the tin whistle first and then i came onto the the Ellen pipes and I think it was because with the pipes, it was so hard to kind of get the sound that you wanted. Um, I became interested then in making the reeds for the pipes. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the first thing that that you could actively do to kind of improve the, the sound that you were getting out of your instrument. So I was doing that for a few years and then kind of realized that you can only get so far with that. And then that kind of led me on to looking at making making the actual pipes as well. My tutor for the pipes was uh, called Patrick O'Hare, and he was great. He taught me a good bit about reed making as well. And then I was really lucky. My dad actually bought he bought me a second-hand lathe, uh, which is probably about 50 years old, and it wasn't working. So it was a bit of a project in itself to get that up and running. So whenever I was about maybe 17, 18, I was kind of working away and fixing that lathe up and just just turning wee bits of bits of wood and making making things like um pull pull cords for light switches and stuff like that kind of just developing the techniques of of turning and then i didn't really do too much making for a few years i went over to england to study a course on uh instrument repair in new york college and it's just outside of nottingham so that was a great great experience there was quite a lot involved in in that with to actually tool making, which is a really good thing for for making instruments. Um, so I learned I learned a good bit about engineering and stuff on that course. I spent two years over there, and then I I came back. I set up my own, own workshop, but I really focused on the pipes for um, for years, maybe about ten or twelve years. I was really focused on the pipes, but I had always been playing the, the flute as well and uh, maybe about five years ago I kind of got more serious about playing the flute as well and then with that my interest in making them as well so um, because I was working with making the pipes it involves quite a lot of the same kind of skills. Mm-hmm. 
were just saying about that instrument repair course, was it particular types, you know, or, or was it across a wide range of different different instruments that you were working with? Yeah, so it was a general woodwind repair course. So, yeah, the, they would have been looking at loads of different instruments like clarinets and oboes. Um, and in involved in repairing them was, like, say, if people break keys and things like that, then you'd have to learn how to make make new pieces to put on you know but I was kind of always really interested in the making side I knew the direction I wanted to go before I before I did the course even the the course was like a really good experience to to get like a a chance to to spend a lot of time looking at instruments and the ways that they work and then uh, there was interesting modules in it as well about musical acoustics and things like that there so that's useful for um working out designs for instruments and understanding how to get things to play in tune when you came back to ireland did you did you do any other training you know in in terms of like pipe making or anything or or were you already kind of knowing where you were going with that i came back in 2011 and i got a job uh working in the environment agency testing water samples during the day (laughs) And then I just, at times and weekends, I was working on setting up my workshop and yeah, mostly making pipes at that stage. A few years later, I got interested in working on the flutes as well. The flute making's come relatively recently. Within that time, uh, have your instruments changed much? Like, have you kind of adapted your style as you've gone along? I've been measuring old instruments for years. And kind of gathered up a lot of information about about them and used that to kind of arrive at the design that I have at the moment. Uh, the first first lot of flutes I would have made were, would have been keyless. Um, whenever I was kind of trying to work out the designs that um, that I was happy with. Um, with regards to materials, I use mostly African blackwood. So it's it's one of my favorite favorite materials to work with, and it's it's a member of the rosewood family. It's actually a great material because it uh, contains loads of oils naturally. So it's it's really nice whenever you're cutting it. If your tools are really sharp, the the material just comes off in ribbons. There's actually a nice nice smell off it as well. Thank you. 
definitely gone gone my own way to a certain extent. Um, but there are like other instrument makers who inspired my work. Like um, there was a fantastic flute maker um, from Australia who unfortunately died in an accident um, a few years ago called Mike Grinter. And he made some of the some of the best mm-hmm. wooden flutes. Like some of my work, my work would be inspired by the quality of his his work as well. Your your flutes look absolutely beautiful. I mean, I I just love the the pictures I've seen, and you know, uh, hopefully whenever COVID goes away, I'll be able to to see your workshop in action. You know, but they look just absolutely gorgeous. You must be so happy with where you've got to with with the making. Do you find now that you have started selling them the last couple of years, that there's a, a market for it? Yeah, there's there's definitely, there's quite a lot of people interested in it, you know. I, uh, I actually like making instruments for people that I, I know as well. Um, so a lot, a lot of the instruments I'm, I'm making at the moment are going to people that I would know around, uh, around Ireland, really. There, there's quite a demand for good quality flutes with, with key flutes. And then... Also, um, keyless are, are quite popular for people who are starting off as well. Yeah, so I'm actually I teach music at the at the Glen Gormley School of Traditional Music, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's great. Um, there's quite a lot of quite a lot of musicians and pupils at that. So I've had a few people come to me to get get instruments from there as well. So it's yeah. that's great. I mean, you must be so busy between making the pipes and the flutes and then teaching as well like that that's a really fulfilling career I would think yeah I, I really enjoy getting the balance um I think you kind of need to have something like I, I really enjoy teaching because of the social side of it and the sessions and stuff as well because they're making uh, it's quite a solitary thing um, I would spend most of the day just on my own working um so so it's really nice to it's nice to get it teaching and actually meeting up with people. instruments for people that you know is, is that quite a, a special thing I suppose when you know the person well that you're actually making an instrument for yeah um so I, I make instruments as well for for people I, I, I don't know too but um but yeah usually what I do is um I would ask people certain things about the way they play and there are certain things that people particularly want and it's usually to do with the uh, the keys for example, on the wooden flute anyway, the uh, the B flat key. Um, there's a couple of different ways of making it, which mm. I would often ask people if if they want the B flat key, do they hold it? Do they hold their top hand kind of like curled around? Do they hold it like flat? So if they hold it flat, I would usually make the long key so that they can play it with their thumb in the bottom hand. Or if they if they curl it around, sometimes they want a short key that they can use their top thumb for. And then sometimes people want the different types of keys, like the ring key for the F or the, the long one. But yeah, I usually I like trying to make 
make it so that people are happy with it as well you know do you, do you feel like in terms of making is it is it easy enough to keep up with demand and maybe you can sort of give me a gauge on how how long it sort of would take you from scratch to build to build a an instrument for somebody yeah obviously in the in the flutes there there's less involved in it than on a full set of pipes but yeah it, it can take a few years to make the the pipes but um part of the process um actually involves boring out the wood um and leaving it to sit for a period of time to allow to allow the air to go into it and allow the wood to shrink naturally and then that means that the wood stabilizes and then you can actually use your reamers to bring it to the the size that you want the bore to be uh yeah but the, the pipes in particular there's there's so much work involved that it, it is a few years for for a set I would encourage people to maybe go for a half set of pipes sometimes rather than the full set because it gives them a chance to uh, try the instrument out and see if they like it without having to uh, wait too long. So you can you can build it you can build the instruments up in stages because it's it's less expensive. So I mean this, to start the pipes all you need is a bag, bellows, and chanter, and I can do that within a year at the moment for for that. And then you can add the drones on later. And then also with the, the regulators, you can add them on, on later as well. And then the keyless flutes are a little bit quicker to make because there's less involved. You don't have to carve the blocks or anything like that. Um, but also what I say to people too is I can, if they get order a three key flute, I'll all, all usually leave the blocks on. So if they decide a year down the road or whatever that they maybe want an E-flat key or another key, then it's possible to do it at a later stage. It's nice to have that relationship with with a maker, though. I think, you know, coming from it from the perspective as a player, that sometimes when you're trying instruments, you don't know exactly what you want until you've been playing the instrument for a wee while, you know, and sometimes the experience you have with it kind of leads you to do certain things or want certain things. So I think it's nice to have that flexibility there, you know. What what do you yourself play on? Like, do you play on your own pipes and your own flutes, or have you got other instruments as well? Yeah, I play I play all my own, own <laughs> instruments, yeah. So that that's kind of, was kind of my goal as well, to be able to play instruments that I'm happy with and also to sell instruments that I would be happy to play myself. Is That's kind of really important to me. Speaking to Hammy Hamilton, he, he said that, you know, once he had started making and people were playing his flutes, it was almost like you don't need to advertise then at that point because the instruments are an advertisement in themselves, you know, so people would be playing and it would be kind of the norm pre-COVID anyway to try each other's instruments. Like I'm sure yours are, are getting out um, there around the country as well and, and that will keep growing over time. Um are there any players that you would like to mention that, that are playing your instruments at this stage? I'm, I'm making flutes for uh, a, f- a few people at the moment, like uh, I'm making a flute for Brendan Mulholland. He's a local flute player. He actually, I, I learned a lot from him. I'm also making a flute for another local musician called Gary Duffy. He's a great flute player. And with the pipes, uh, I've, done some work for John McSherry done a bit for him as well yeah 
That's great. Are your flutes played outside of Ireland yet? Uh, yeah, I have stuff all over. Uh, I have some instruments in Argentina, North America, Canada, Japan, um, France, Scotland, England and Ireland. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so that's really incredible, given especially since you haven't actually been, you know, running your workshop all that long, you know, in, in, in terms of how long it takes to make the instruments as well, Aaron, you know, that's that's really great. I, I, I spent a long time really focusing on, on the pipes as well. Um, and I mean, I, do, I didn't have, a, you know, like a massive output um, early on or anything like that, really. So I, kinda, I was kind of focusing on a small quantity of good quality instruments, you know. Quality over quantity was the kind of the way of working then, I suppose. And and now, do you, are you still trying to balance like a, a job as well as making, or or not? So I'm full time making now, um, and so I did some teaching as well. But I was also doing a good lot of gigs. That was kind of also a good good part of my income, which which was good to have. But that obviously kind of went away when the uh, coronavirus hit. But. Of course, yeah. But it's it's nice. Uh, life that balance between gigs and, and teaching and and making you know you're kind of working at all sides of the of the instrument you know you're, you're like right through from from the sort of concept of how you want that instrument to sound and passing that on to to others I think that's that's really lovely that you're so knowledgeable and, and you can do all of those things um do you, do you teach anybody making skills Aaron I mean I, I know you're obviously teaching playing the instruments but has anybody come to you for advice about making their own instruments or or the reeds or anything I've taught reed making workshops some of the uh, Belfast traditional school of music they have a summer event um so I've done a few of that and uh, I have uh, maybe one or two students that are interested that, that you know that are learning pipes with me that um are also interested in maybe read making so so we probably get around it at some stage yeah yeah well thank you so much Aaron like I think it's fascinating to talk to you it's, it's so lovely to speak to somebody who's you know so involved like I said and doing all aspects of of the music world in the playing making and teaching most most people I chat to are doing one out of those three and you're managing to combine them all which is a lovely thing um but thank you for taking the time to to talk to me about it all yeah no problem thanks for inviting me join me next time when I'll be speaking to flautist from the Ulster Orchestra Jennifer Sturgeon (laughs) 